You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins, I'm Dave Griffiths. The whole band is back together once again today as it is Patriots Week for the Horseshoe. They'll travel to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. We've got an injury update, keys to the game. We'll make some predictions. But first, we start with the news this trade deadline week in the NFL. There's always news with the Colts. There is. Always. And that's that's a bad thing. Yes, it you know, is. During the season, that is, that is not good. We don't want lengthy uh, rundown here in the news. The department. news you're hoping for, like, is AFC Player of the Week yeah, or exactly. Player of the Month. Not, not what we're getting. No. This week, a uh, couple moves as the Colts have fired offensive coordinator Marcus Brady and traded away running back Naheem Hines to the Buffalo Bills. And they get a conditional fifth or sixth round draft pick and running back Zach Moss from Buffalo there. So, Chap, some big changes for the offense coming up this week, you would think. Well, maybe not big changes. You'd expect to see the same offense, same type of offense. And it's just, there are big changes behind the scenes. When you lose the offensive coordinator, you lose one of your offensive playmakers. And for an offense that has been struggling to find its way, that's the only way this happens in the middle of the season. But you lose your coordinator, you lose one of your big playmakers as you're really trying to become a better version of yourself here as we're halfway through the season. Yeah, I think if you didn't know uh, that Marcus Brady was fired, you won't see a difference offensively. Th- this is more because th- keep on, this is Frank Reich's offense. It simply is. He is the offensive coordinator. Where you're gonna where where the the change will be felt is internally. Where all of a sudden Scotty Montgomery, the the running backs coach, is more of the face of the offense. We talked to him today. And he'll he'll like be the 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 guy that leads the meeting, but they're just kind of spreading out Marcus Brady's responsibilities. Naheem Hines, it's a, it's a little, it's hard to figure out the basis of this other than Naheem didn't argue against the trade. Let's put it that way. Right. He didn't demand a trade. I don't think that he may have said, I wouldn't mind a trade. Mm-hmm. But getting back to fifth or a sixth, Joe's the draft guy. Maybe he sees value in fives and sixes. What was Hines? Hines was a four. He was a four when he was taken so, out but, but I, it, it's almost more like they're, they're doing Naheem a favor. It seems like. I mean, really, he's going from, from a in team. a better place he's, now. <laughs> That sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, when, normally that's the place where someone has left us. You know what I mean? But uh, he has. I mean, he, he goes from three, four, and one to the Super Bowl favorite. Now it, it, it's funny. We were—I won't mention the player—but we were walking. Joel Erickson and I were walking into the locker room today, and and Joel mentioned how you know I'm not sure Naheem's going to get the touches he anticipates or wants in Buffalo because of the way they they spread the ball around and they don't you know they don't feature the running backs that much as far as running the ball. And some players said, "Yeah, there you guys go, more or less bad mouthing, and he'll be great there." Whatever, whatever. But he, he's he, he's going from a team going nowhere to a team that very well could be going to the Super Bowl. So kudos to Naheem Hines. The other, other side, it's uh, Zach Moss going from a team that could very oh well go goodness. to the Super Bowl to the Colts. I mean, oof. And, and to, be, to be to his credit, he was asked that in, in the locker room today, kind of about that dynamic. And he gave a very well-reasoned answer and saying, shoot, there's nine games left in the season. There's a lot to do. And once you get to the playoffs, then it's a, it's a clear level playing field. So that it was the company line that, that he took. Good for there. him. Yes, exactly. Let's, let's talk to him in a month and see how he's feeling. Let's see how he feels there. But but Naheem Hines <clears throat> this year, Joe, um, he has a career average of four yards per carry. Uh, has never been below 3.7. That was his rookie year. The last two years, 4.3. Excuse me. Whoa, my goodness. Excuse me. 4.3, 4.9. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had the pop dart shoved it down right before we, we went on. I uh, got to tie myself over till, uh, after the podcast. But this year, two yards per carry. For Naheem Hines. 18 carries, 36 yards, right? 18 carries, 36 yards, two yards per carry. Receiving is about the same, um, seven and a half yards per reception, which is uh, a little bit over his his career average, actually. He has 25 catches about halfway through the year. So he's on pace for right around 50, which would be between his 60 or 40, you know, those two back and forth years he's had. But certainly in the run game has been less dynamic. And Frank talked about it, saying that he was the, still had, when he was playing, the third most touches between um, after Jonathan Taylor and after Michael Pittman. So if you look in the level 
Joe of uh, of touches. That's probably about what we would expect a preseason, but it's just the overall production that, that's not there, and it's not necessarily not him. It's the entire offense has been lacking this year, and now he gets to the chance to spread his wings elsewhere. Yeah, I think the overall kind of point is more so the Colts were never able to maximize his talents, and it felt like they never reached the ceiling with Naheem Remember, Hines. Frank, in, in May, if I played fantasy, I'd think about drafting Naheem Hines. His fantasy record might be worse than uh, the Colts' record right hey, now. Yikes. Um, but you're right. They, they just never found a way to maximize what Naheem offered. And, yeah. and here's where I get the chance to say, once again, it all comes back to Carson Wentz. Like, there, there are, like Frank and Marcus Brady, who is now fired, really were very direct, without being entirely direct, saying it themselves, that those plays were there for Naheem Hines last year. They were there. He just didn't get the ball. And all that indicated was that Wentz didn't get him the ball. Everything indicated that right. it was on Carson Wentz. And that, that's, that was what they, they wanted you to say. That's what Chris Ballard wanted you to think when, when they got rid of him, too. Like, that's what the owner wanted you to yeah, think. That's what the owner wanted to think when, when the Colts got rid of him, too, that this was all Carson Wentz. Get a new quarterback in here. Then Naheem Hines can get the ball. The offense can take off, can be more what we want. That is just not the case. I want to argue with you so much, and I can't. But you can't. I can't. That's the thing. No, like, ma- no mas. I, I, th- I think at this point, like you, you could be, you could be the most vigorous Carson Wentz lover or the most staunch Carson Wentz hater, and you can come to the same conclusion about Naheem Hines that it was not Carson Wentz's fault because this year it's he's not getting the ball either. There, there's been an offense. There's been a problem with getting him the ball in the right space at the right time to do what he is able to do. That We, we sort of saw in the that past. last week where they finally started to do it with, with the wheel route for the 20-some yards mm-hmm. and then the, the touchdown, few and far between. Yeah, and uh, finally got to see Paris Campbell a little bit of what he can do. I was happy you know, to see Paris. Is, since we're on Naheem Hines, and we talked about this in the offseason, one thing that was going to impact Naheem Hines more than anybody else was Paris Campbell. And an emerging Paris Campbell, his snaps in the slot were going to take away from Naheem Hines. And, and, and a lot of it is, is the overall offensive inefficiency, but some of it is Paris Campbell taking Naheem Hines' snaps. I think that's a really good point. Really good point. And so for uh, whoever gets to design the offense, which is still mostly Frank Reich, and then you throw in Scotty Montgomery there, uh, they'll try to improve the offense without one of their best playmakers now. It was averaging 16.1 points per game, tied for first in turnovers with 16 on the year. Um, and uh, they, like I said, they'll have to do it w- without one of the guys that they thought was was one of the biggest playmakers. But, Chap, um, I think that this decision from uh, from the Colts to, uh, to let go of Marcus Brady uh, also sheds light on the entire offensive staff as a whole. And as we have said, pretty much since week three, when we got a clear picture of the team and the offense, if there's one area of this team that is struggling, it's the offensive line. If there's one area of this team that is performing below expectations, it's the group that Chris Strasser leads. Chris Strasser still has a job. Marcus Brady doesn't. And you could easily see why that you, you see the C is not the right word. You can easily um, draw the conclusion that Brady is being a scapegoat for the offensive line's troubles. And I think you could easily draw the conclusion logically, if you're a Colts fan, that the the if the offensive line was fixed, the the offense as a whole would be better. So Brady wouldn't be the one facing the chopping block. It would be. Uh, no one would be because the offensive line would be better. So, so why is it that Chris Strasser still has a job here? Are they, these are questions that are kind of piling up after you see a guy like Marcus Brady uh, hit the road. Well, Zach Kiefer asked the question Wednesday about basically how does the offensive line coach still have a job, and, and Frank said, I, I have confidence in him. And he's coached a lot of good offensive line play. That's past tense. Right, and you know, and we, you know, he said how we're getting, we're seeing better and better the last couple of weeks. Well, you know, that that's that that's kind of by increments because it's not like they they blew Washington off the ball, third and one at the goal line, and you got and Quentin Nelson falls Just down straight down, boom, and and, and Taylor gets hammered in the back in the back backfield. So yeah, it, it it's and and he was even asked about was Mark it. Was Marcus Brady scapegoated? And he said, I understand where that, how that perception could be that. Well, yeah, <laughs> we understand how that can be that. Right. So that, that's why, and again, Frank was not going to, he didn't and was not going to share internally 
the reasons. That's fine. That's fine. But when you don't, it just leaves so much for, in, for interpretation and speculation, most of the time probably wrong. But when you're not transparent about why you did things, even if you're trying to soften, you know, and they soften by saying that the cult of relieved him of his duties. No, they fired him. Just, just say it. Just, we, just we all say know it. 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 It's, it, it's, yeah. So, but we'll see. I don't think we're going to see a difference offensively. Well, that's not I hope we see a difference offensively. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Status quo. But I, I don't think whatever, what, wherever they go from here, I just don't believe it's going to be because Marcus Brady's gone. That, that's just crazy. Because, uh, you know, he, he, was, he was the coordinator last year, and they were, they were was it ninth or tenth in scoring. Mm-hmm. And they, and they they're had one of the run, best run. first quarter teams in the league. Right. Like it, a top three first quarter team know, in the league. And by the way, they've not scored in the first, on their opening That's possession like, this year. Not once. Ten, ten games in a row. And I, I looked it up, the 42 points in the first half. It's the fourth, few, fourth fewest in franchise history. Not Colts Indian history, but Colts history. So it's not gone right. And I always default, probably wrongly, I guess, I don't because I, I try to simplify it, but it defaults to the offensive line. I, I thought Frank called a pretty darn good game against Washington. But when your left guard doesn't make a block on the goal line and your your franchise running back fumbles the ball at the twenty five or twenty six going in, and when your and your your quarterback fumbles around the same place, and he just dropped it. Nobody he just touched dropped it. him because initially he's a uh, sack fumble. No, it was a fumble sack. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then and then Michael Pittman drops the ball with twenty two seconds to play mm-hmm. on maybe the best throw of Ellinger's day, and Pitt gets to the, I don't know the fifty. And then one more pass, and you've got McLaughlin with the thunder legs. So it, it's, but it, it defaults to the offensive line until they get the offensive line fixed to where it's at least reliable. I don't know what the word is, just mediocre. This offense is going to struggle. Quick, quick side note there. Like, I really wish we had gotten the chance to talk to Michael Pittman Jr. after the game, but but he was gone by the time we got in the locker room, and I haven't seen him in the locker room this Nate week. Nate Atkins either. talked to him. Oh, okay. From the start, talked to him yesterday. He must have gotten in right at the end. Yeah, of, of I think everything. he did. I okay. think he did. I think he was the only one. And Pitt said, "I dropped it. I cost it." And you know, mm-hmm. hey, if I if I catch it, changes probably aren't made. So, he, and again, he had he had the fumble at the end of the Tennessee game. Yep. Although, if I remember, that was. Not as hurtful because they were down two scores, and I don't think there was a lot of time left. Mm-hmm. This is different. You 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 need your 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 unquestioned star receiver to make that catch, give your quarterback a chance to do another seven to ten yard out, and then put it in the hands of the kicker. And you know wh- whatever Chase McLaughlin can do, he kicks long field goals. He's mm-hmm. you know he's missed one all year, I think. So that's that's you know remember they go back to saying we we didn't want Ellinger to have to play hero ball. Well, all of his stars around him did something wrong at, at certain points. Joe, when we look at this offense as a whole and the fact that Brady is gone now, I think, like looking back just, just two years ago, you can look in hindsight and say, I think we, as the media or as Colts Nation, uh, underestimated the impact of Nick Sirianni on this team uh, a little bit. I, he, he goes to Philadelphia, and then you, you think maybe he's in over his head there. Um, but but now he he's the master of master of that city right after the Phillies, and uh, and the Colts are, are moving on from his replacement there at offensive coordinator. Yeah, Sir, Sirianni gets poached from the team, and then the offense is kind of. I mean, it's just so perplexing because, like Mike mentioned, they had a top ten scoring offense last season. Yeah, even with Brady. Yes, exactly. Um, to, the yes. offensive line is. I mean, other than left tackle, where you know we were complaining about Eric Fisher last year, and then now all of a sudden. Uh, You'd take him back be nice. in a heartbeat. But, yes. but it's not just left tackle. Quentin Nelson is not playing well at all, and he's getting, what, what $20 million a year? Uh, all of a sudden, the Colts have a lot of contracts that I think most people would be trying to get out of right now. I, I think that was the prime motivation behind him, Naheem Hines. I mean, we haven't really talked about what the Colts are getting back as much. The, the NFL is not a business of just doing people favors. They didn't mm-hmm. trade Naheem Hines because of a favor. They traded Naheem Hines because in some way they thought this would be uh, a good strategy for building a better football team down the road. I was kind of surprised when they resigned him in the first place, knowing that they would had a long list of other players they needed to resign. Some of uh, them, like Leonard and Braden Smith and Quinton, have gotten those, and others like uh, Taylor and Pittman are, are due this coming offseason. Um, so 
it, it, in terms of Brady, I think it's just a few months early because I think this coaching staff is probably going to get the axe after this year. Um, but it, it, it's just this is the kind of thing that happens when there's expectations and they're not met. What does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together, we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at HancockRegional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. The Indianapolis Colts travel to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots this weekend. Revisiting the rivalry there in Gillette Stadium. Uh, injury report first. Uh, Colts have two players that are out this week for sure, in Ashton Doolin and Matt Ryan. Uh, Ashton's still on injured reserve with his foot. Ryan's still not doing anything with his shoulder injury. So you remain one to uh, Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles at quarterback. We go to the injury report for Wednesday's practice. Beyond that, a bunch of players did not participate. We'll talk first. Uh, Zach Moss didn't participate Wednesday, but he was out there on Thursday just uh, getting to here to town and getting a physical and all that. Uh, Unique Ngakwe was just a rest. But after that, a bunch of players uh, did not participate, including Jonathan Taylor with his ankle injury. And Chap, he wasn't out there again on Thursday uh, as we taped this podcast, at least for the media, the portion that's open to the media. A couple people tweeting that he wasn't there. Our very own photographer, Brett Bensley, out there as well, uh, confirming that. So uh, Jonathan Taylor, once again, is in very much real danger of missing this weekend's game in New England. I sort of think they're going to give him a week to, to get better, and, and not 100%, but better. We talked to Scotty Montgomery, and he said, you know, the last time these players were, were totally healthy was like before training camp. But I just think with a running back and it's an ankle and you rest it, you rest it, and he goes out there and cuts or, or gets twisted, and then you're back to where you were. I, I, I would be very surprised if he plays this week. I really would. I just think they want to try to give him an extra week to, to just let it calm down and, and what, whatever they can do. And then try it against the Raiders, and maybe he twists it again. I mean, it, it's, it, I think that's the injury you're going to have that's going to hurt him all year. The one I'm curious about is we'll see the practice report later. You know, Dennis Kelly at left tackle. Mm-hmm. He's got a calf and an ankle. Uh, didn't practice yesterday. Uh, if he doesn't go, I, I think he's played okay. I, I, there have been a couple times he's gotten – Zach Kiefer tweeted, no Dennis Kelly at practice. Yeah, well, I, that, that's just not a good thing. No. It's just not a good thing. You finally found someone at left tackle who's, the, who, who who's was doing a decent job. Serviceable. I yes. mean, yeah. And now I assume you go back to Bernhard Ryman. Uh, so it's it's just not – It's you keep thinking, you know, the Patriots aren't great. It's, it's not a great team. They're having their own troubles, and if they just if you play well – but. We'll get to the keys and all that. Like, what evidence would suggest that they're going to, to do that right now? Because Marcus Brady's gone. Yeah. Uh, because Naheem Hines is gone. So we'll see. But the injuries. One thing is, uh, you know, Quiddy Pay maybe comes back. Maybe. He looked healthy on Wednesday when I was out there watching. I mean, the only thing is, he's not practiced for three weeks. Right. Yeah, was he's been out it, for It was three, a Denver game, right? Yeah, Denver. Denver. So it's been game. like three and a half weeks, you know, it, with that it's, Thursday it's, night. It's seldom, it seems to me, that a player misses extended time, practices three times and in place, but they need it with, uh, you know, we didn't mention in the news, but Taekwon Lewis yep. done. And I'm telling you, that's huge. He, he is, he's not a great player, but he's a very good player. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's not meant as a slap at all. And with him out of the rotation, uh, I, I think Gus Brad, Bradley said today that he expects Dio to play a lot more. Mm-hmm. He sees him coming on, but Taekwon Lewis, you just hate that because he's such a good kid and he's just a good rotational player that can play all four spots on the line and his absence will be felt. Two different years for Taekwon Lewis. Halloween weekend. Uh, uh, torn what? pectoral. Not pec, sorry. It's torn patella. patella. I, I'm an idiot. Excuse me. Torn patella tendon on, on each knee. One, right. one knee last year, one knee this year. And at that, this year, he does so rushing the passer on the play that Darius Leonard intercepted. Last year, it was Darius Leonard rushing the passer on the pass that he intercepted. Like it's, it's, it, Life is stupidly cyclical and, and horrifically in, in this case for Taekwon Lewis, who is once again 
as Chat mentioned, having a very productive year on a, a contract year, defensive end as a contract year. He got a contract. He was like a one year, stay healthy, prove it deal. It might be the same exact thing for him next year, and, and, they, and they'll do and it. I think they will. Yeah, they'll they do, should do it. Go ahead. But 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 from his point, you know, he, he would have gotten a new contract, but now it's going to be again one year, prove it instead of three years or two three years, years and, and some 10, and, and some money involved. Yeah. So it's just awful. And an interesting part of the game, but you just hate to see up until now, you know, with with Paris Campbell, you know, you just really felt for the guy one thing after the other. But, but with Tyquan, and again, Patella's on different knees, and it's just, it, you just really hate to see it. Yeah, let's get to some more on the injury reports. Stephon Gilmore did not practice on Wednesday with a rib injury. He was dressed up, at least in the locker room today, and we spoke with him about his return to New England. Um, I, I that might be more of a rest rest thing than an actual serious thing. We'll, we'll see as the more injury reports come out. Cornerback Tony Brown, a hamstring injury. Linebacker, excuse me, Grant Stewart out with a pectoral injury, uh, the, the special teamer. Limited in practice on Wednesday was Quiddy Pay. We talked about him already with his ankle injury. And center Ryan Kelly, who's been on the injury report weekly with his knee injury, was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Full participant to Forrest Buckner with a shoulder. Uh, his elbow isn't even listed there, which is encouraging to say the least. And uh, linebacker EJ Speed, full participant with an ankle injury. EJ Speed, one of the more underrated players for the Colts this year. He's had Joe a couple really big plays. You're your guy, so yeah. you, you get the floor to talk about EJ Speed a bit. Yeah, it's finally coming together, coming from a very small school, a uh, terrific athlete. And then, um, you know, he's just developed over the years into a very nice linebacker just in time because I believe it's a contract year for him as well. Ruled out for the Patriots. Nobody, as of right now, uh, from their Wednesday participant practice report, um, they have center David Andrews, who missed uh, last week's game against the Jets as well. Wide receiver Devontae Parker has a knee injury. He left that Jets game with a sprained knee, so that's certainly something to watch for. Running back Damian Harris was listed as an illness, missed Wednesday's practice. And safety Devin McCourty, not injury-related. Yeah, and I, I didn't write it down here, but Andrews was a concussion, so we'll see if he's able to clear the protocol in time. No. Limited participant Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle, hasn't played since week six, but now is limited participant, so that's probably encouraging for them with a knee injury. Uh, defensive end, Deatrick Wise with an angle. Linebacker Josh Uche with a hamstring. Safety Kyle Duggar, ankle injury, who missed the Jets game last week. Uh, safety Adrian Phillips with a shoulder injury. Running back Pierre Strong Jr., hamstring. Special teamer Matthew Slater with a hamstring. So that's their entire uh, injury report. Quite a few players are a limited participant, but uh, not not too many there uh, listed out. But with a, with a center there, it's a key cog in the offensive line with Devontae Parker and uh, Damian Harris, two guys, Joe, who are two of the more, especially Parker, maybe one of the more guys who can take the top off the defense for a team that doesn't seem to have all that many super big explosive weapons. They'd certainly feel a lot better if they had uh, some offensive stars on the field this weekend. Yeah, he's a guy who can get down the field and catch jump balls for uh, Mac Jones or if Jones gets benched again. Bailey Zappi, whoever, Bailey Zappi. whoever happens to be out there. Western Kentucky pride. That's right. That's right. The Hilltoppers. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to keep an eye on those because Andrews and Parker would be significant. Damien Harris' illness, you kind of figure that, give him a few days, he'll probably uh, suit up for this one. Same with McCourty, not injury-related. So um, nothing super major, but you look at that defensive front with Barmore and Dietrich Wise. We'll see if they're able to go. Um, if they weren't for some reason, despite being just limited, uh, that would be significant because both of them are uh, major contributors on that front for Belichick. The Colts are 3-4-1. and one. The Patriots are 4-4. Four and four. Two teams having pretty similar seasons record-wise. One o'clock kickoff will be broadcast locally in central Indiana on CBS4. The Patriots beat the Jets last week. A 22-17 victory it was really a turnaround game for them. They had had a couple where things seemed to be kind of going in, in the wrong direction, and then you beat the Jets, a team that had been uh, outperforming their expectations this year, and uh, Patriots can say maybe you got a little bit more on track, which, I mean, we, we, we've witnessed that with the Colts this year, Chap, thinking, oh, maybe they're a little bit more on track, but then the next week they come out and it's not so much. Really, I think these are two, two muddling teams, two average teams, uh, both trying to trying to make it, make their way through an NFL season right now, and they'll have good and bad performances throughout. And again, we'll get to the keys of the game, but it, who screws up? The least or the most. The least, or, yeah, because because <laughs> you figure both teams are going to screw up. But it's kind of crazy. You've got these two franchises that that went so far and did so much with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, and each one really has no clue what's going on at quarterback. None, long term. You know, the Colts, we don't know what, what they're going to do moving forward. And, and Bill Belichick with his two quarterbacks, you know, you, you, you move away from your first-round pick, 
and the fan base wants Zappy. It's not even close. So when you don't have a quarterback, it's just hard. So I, I just think that it's, it's kind of a strange it's, – it's kind of where these two franchises were before Manic and Brady got there where you're searching. But these are two very ordinary franchises right now, and it's, it's strange to see that, that that's where they are. My, my take on that situation with Mac Jones, and you guys can chime in, excuse me, if you uh, agree or disagree, but like there are quarterbacks that are taken in the first round that are seemingly pretty good right away. You know, you come out and you're a Joe Burrow, you're a Justin Herbert, you can see all the signs right away, and you're pretty confident in their future. There are some that take two or three years, like Josh Allen did. Josh Allen took two or three years, and then now he's unfreaking stoppable, it seems like. There, and there's some that take three or four years, like Tua, Tongue of Iloa. He was hurt the first couple of years. This year, he gets out, and he's given great weapons from his front office. That helps a little it, bit. It helps just a little bit. But he comes out, and he looks really freaking good. So, like, Mac Jones, to me, showed a lot his rookie year. Showed he was it was not too big for him, not at all. He played in the Pro Bowl a few months played ago. Played in the Pro Bowl, which... Okay. Make it that what you will. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but still, I mean, it's, but it's, somebody's, somebody's got to play. Somebody's gotta like, play. It, it, it's just, it's stunning to me in, in some sense that that people would consider moving on from Mac Jones based on the first half of this season. But but I get the way the NFL is that people look at the other side of the fence. They see greener pastures, like I mentioned with some of those other quarterbacks who got more productive a little bit earlier in their careers. And that's 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 just a little puzzling to me how, how things have so quickly soured on on Mac Jones. Um, in, in you get a little bit more reason behind it, I guess, because Bailey Zappi like looked the part out there that didn't look too big for him either. And uh, he was like, he had fun. He's a kid with a but, funny but is name. He, is he Gardner Minshew? He sung Stacy's mom on the sideline. Right. You know, right. yeah, exactly. Is he Gardner Minshew? And I, I think that Mac Jones has a much better chance to be a better quarterback in this league long term. I think that's why Bill Belichick is sticking with him. Uh, that, that that was just my take on their situation, Joe and, and, and Mike, is that I was really kind of stunned that already they were looking to move on from Mac Jones. Well, and I mean, you made the investment of a first-round pick in him, and unless unless Bailey Zappi is just, you know, uh, crazy better than Mac Jones and it's not even a competition, you stick with Mac Jones because of the capital that you sunk with him, if it's even close. Um, but, I mean, you know, f- for a team with the Colts who – you know, everyone's like, oh, got to draft a quarterback this year. You look at that quarterback draft from 2021, I think five were taken in the first round. Trevor Lawrence was deemed the next, you know, the, the next most, Andrew Luck. Next Andrew Luck, and he's really struggling in his second year now. Uh, with Can't blame it on Urban Meyer anymore, can we? <laughs> I don't think so. Exactly. Uh, Trey Lance, I mean, he had the injury, so can't really judge him too much yet. Uh, of all of uh, Zach Wilson's not looking good in New York at all. Of all of them, all of a sudden, Justin Fields looks like the one who's playing the best football right now. Um, so it, it just kind of goes to show that you can draft a quarterback, but that doesn't mean it's going to solve the problem for you. Um, and, and it's so early on these guys. We're not going to know for another few years, as, as you were explaining, Dave. But it's just, it's just really interesting to see the different talents come out of that draft, the different landing spots. And landing spot and environment has so much to do with the quarterback success. We were talking in the press room about this, and this shows you how much lack of importance we place on this game. We were talking about the future and quarterback. And let's say that what the Colts do what we all accept them to do, and that's draft a quarterback. They're probably going to get the third or fourth quarterback just because people ahead of them are going to want quarterbacks. Uh, Detroit, Houston. Carolina. Carolina. I mean, and, there's three right there. So, so, so you're not going to get the guy. Uh, and if you get a guy you like, it's going to take a year or two. He's not Peyton Manning was three and thirteen as a rookie. So, it's going to be a tough sell. Maybe not. Maybe the fan base will say, "Okay, you got a quarterback that you believe in. We'll be patient for a year or two. Now, if they keep going, if they keep going the route that they're going with plugging people in, I think the, the fan base is going to say, we've tried this, we're done with it. But if you go with our young quarterback, it's going to take a year or two for this guy to get where he needs to be because you're going to have to put pieces around him. So 
like like we've seen, like you've mentioned, it takes time when you hitch your wagon to a young quarterback. And to be fair to to Patriots fans who are interested in Bill, uh, in Zappy, I mean Mac Jones has struggled this year. I will we'll, we'll, I'll be perfectly forthcoming. He's thrown an interception at least one in every game. Only has three touchdown passes. Like his numbers are not good. So from that standpoint, you can see why they would be like have that itch to be like, well, well, what about this next guy? But, but really, you just need to take a step back and, like you said, kind of Joe, with realizing that you you put a first round pick into this guy, like the, to 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 move on after just a year and a half. Can you imagine the Pro da- Bowl first year? Can you manage imagine the damage you would do to a quarterback psyche? Yeah, if you move away when when he hits a bad stretch in Awful. year two, just terrible. You you can't do it. Can't do it. And and to Bill Belichick's credit, he didn't when there was a lot of noise. Not that Bill ever listens to, to outside no. outside noise no, anyway. No. But uh, the Patriots offense this year is right about middle of the pack in scoring yards. Um, they're like 17th and 20th there. Um, slightly better rushing offense than they are passing offense right now. And they've allowed uh, 18 sacks on the year, uh, which is 18th in the NFL, in fact. And they're also tied with the Colts for the most turnovers, 16. So, Chap, it was kind of what you were saying, which we'll get to more in the keys to the game. But they, they've, they've shot themselves in the foot this year more often than not. And that is a part of the reason why the offense has struggled throughout the season. So. Yeah, because one thing Frank pointed out, it's not rocket science, where he said that the Colts are 3-0 and this year when they win the turnover battle. Yep. So that, that's what you have to do. And this team simply cannot get it out of its own way. So, so you, can't, you can't trust them. Nope. And if that's if there's one if there's a little light at the end of the tunnel that you hope is not an oncoming train and is actually the the exit there, it's it's that maybe Shaquille Leonard's getting a little bit more healthier and he can be in the games a little bit more than just twenty points. He had nothing to do with that interception. I know, but gosh, you know, it's, it, it's incredible. Come on, he it, got it's incredible. That's and not me. It's, it's not necessarily meant as a knock. I mean. Tyquan Lewis forced that. He did. He did. 100% on him. But it just shows you that some players simply are around the ball. The ball finds them. It finds them. And he did. And it did. good for him. That, and again, again that, that's what's been missing from this defense. It's played well, well, well until it needed something in the fourth quarter and, and it didn't do it. But take, to play this well on defense and not have takeaways is really pretty admirable. Yeah. And also, to be fair to the defense, that they can get a couple takeaways a game. It doesn't matter if the offense keeps giving it away. Correct. Which they have. So, so it's, a, it's only one side of a, of a two-sided The thing on the, what had been killing this team on the turnovers, the first – I keep a list of it. The first 14 giveaways led to 56 points, which is crazy. And, and these two turnovers this week, this past week, led to no points. But you left points on the field. You left at least six points on the field with, with field goals because they were both at the, around the 20... Yeah, 20 or 23-yard line. Right. They were both right around the red zone. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, one touchdown wins the game. So, uh, but turnovers, you just... I, I remember back in the day with Mike Martz and the greatest show on turf, they might have led the league in turnovers because they didn't care. They, they won the ball back. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few teams can be sloppy and care with, with the ball and survive, and the Colts are not one of them. New England's defense is 12th in points allowed this, this year, 19th in yards allowed. And they're doing a really good job, Joe, taking the ball away. They're, they're the best in the NFL. I mean, if the off, their offense has given it away 16 times, they've taken it away 16. So their defense, once again, it, it's kind of like looking into a mirror a little bit here, is giving, their, giving them a chance, even though the offense isn't really doing much with it. Yeah, lead league 16 takeaways, and they also have the uh, fifth most sacks as well. So that doesn't sound good for the Colts, a team that struggled to block people this year and a team that struggled to hold on to the football. And you look at uh, who they have coming off the edge, Matthew Judon, eight and a half sacks tied for the NFL lead. And and we looked at it earlier. If your left tackle, Dennis Kelly, isn't in this game, then holy heck, that, that's got to that's got to. Well, they'll just come out and run the ball. Just run the ball. They'll, 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 they'll run the ball 40 well, times. Because the running game has been so good correct, this year. Correct. Yeah. With Deion Jackson and maybe Zach Moss. That's right. Deion Jackson, Zach Moss. Jordan Wilkins back in there. Five Jordan yards per Wilkins. carry. Jordan Wilkins. Give him I the ball. I went back and looked. For the first three years when Hines and Jordan were here, when when Hines and Wilkins were here, Wilkins outrushed him. He had more he had more rushing yards because he got he that was more of his role. Right now, of course, Naheem had the receptions, but don't forget Philip Lindsay. I mean, it, it, it may be it may be the Denver game all over again because you're going to have Wilkins and Moss will have practiced twice. Yep. So yeah, it's 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 not, it's not a good situation. Uh, the Patriots also have running back Ramondre Stevenson, who's uh, their uh, top running back right now. He has uh, 558 rushing yards, 4.9 yards per carry, four touchdowns. Uh, if you're looking for someone in the backfield, it's going to be him. 
And uh, that's uh, that's that's the uh, that's that's the Patriots. That's about right. it. A, yeah. a few less um, players to watch than normal. It's more of exactly. a like this squad is more of just like a bunch of decent players and not so much uh, star power, which is probably why they're four and four. But, but Belichick's always known for taking away your best thing on offense and making you play left-handed. What is that? Pittman, if you take Pittman weekend. away. I think it's by default. It's Michael Pittman Jr. But this is one of those where he says, eh, we'll just play. Right. We're not going to worry. Let, let him play with both hands. Yeah. Like, if Jonathan Taylor's not playing, then, then it's got to be it's got to be that. Pittman, and, yeah, uh, which like, means Alec Pierce yeah, might right. have a nice game. There you go. Ten catches for Alec Pierce. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, keys to the game. Uh, we, we've touched on these uh, already, but we'll, we'll go a little bit more in depth on them now. Joe, why don't you uh, uh, get your uh, it? it uh, your inarguable uh, top key to the game here off, and then we'll uh, we'll get going with it. Stop turning the ball over. I mean, it, it's 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 unbelievable what these guys are doing. Ellinger just dropping the football. Jonathan Taylor being loose with the football. I mean, leading into the defender with the ball first. Uh, uh, I'm sure that's not how he practiced that. Um, both fumbles last week came in scoring territory, as we mentioned. Um, and they killed scoring drives, which is the next one. Finished drives with touchdowns. The Colts passed Washington's 25-yard line six times on Sunday and came away with just one touchdown, and that was the one that came after Darius Leonard's interception. So they didn't even drive the length of the field on that. So they they, they got to score when they get down there. Um, it, between turnovers and settling for field goals is just killing this team. Uh, chap, we've talked about turnovers so much. I feel like I'm like beating a dead horse with it, but until you stop it, it's the most important, most important, uh, statistic that there is. And and like you said, Frank Reich pointed out they're three and zero when they win the turnover battle, give yourself a dang chance right now, because if you, if you turn it over and if you turn it over, especially when you're about to score, you're just stripping yourself of that opportunity and opportunities are tough in the NFL especially on the road as they will be this week and we talked to Paris Campbell on Monday I think it was and we brought up the turnovers and he said you know we, we talk about the same thing every week and we're in, you know it, it's been eight, eight weeks now so at, at some point I mean you, it's, it's like in Vegas you always bet that street, streaks continue so uh, until these guys show that 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 they're not just going to lay the ball down two or three times you're expecting it and why would you? They've had 21 fumbles. But they've, they've lost seven, I think it is. If they're not more fortunate, they've got 12 or 13 fumbles. So it's they're playing with fire. This is not a team that can do that. And that's what's so crazy. Is I remember talking to the former Colts quarterback, Matt Ryan, when he said, you know, when we take care of business and keep things semi-clean, we're not too bad. And the, I think it was no turnovers against Jacksonville. They scored 34. I'm not saying they're going to score 34 any time the rest of the year. But if you just not beat yourself, and th- that's what's so frustrating, it is whether it's a, a false start, whether it's a holding penalty, whether it's a fumble interception, these guys have proven they're not good enough to overcome it. And until they quit that, it's hard to see them coming out of this funk. And, and Joe's point that uh, that the Colts passed Washington's 25-yard line six times. It's, 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 it's incredible. And only had one touchdown. That's uh, you, you can't you can't make a point any any better than just with that one stat. Uh, kind of on that note, though, uh, Chap, were you, were you encouraged? I guess a little bit to uh, to see a a Sam Ellinger led offense move the ball from time to time and, and kind of make some drives happen. I know the Joe points out the one, the touchdown only came on Leonard's interception, which didn't, which wasn't on a drive, but he, they, they did move the ball throughout Stretched the field, the field a little bit. Yeah, on two exactly. or three times. I, I think there were some things that they could be encouraged about and to build on. And you would hope that Frank Reich and the offensive coaching staff can find some things that worked well, that Ellinger did well with those weapons and build upon that this week in week two. He made four or five plays that Matt Ryan could not have made. Never. Because he because he stepped up, avoided, got outside the pocket, and that's just a different quarterback. And, that, and that's why we were talking that his mobility will would help the the poor pass protection. Uh, and there were still a few times when when he was what he I think he was sacked twice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was encouraging. the the only The only here, here I'll be Mister Downer to where sometimes the, f- the first game is the best game for a guy that's not played. Well, now people do have film of him, 
and they'll do whatever they can to not let him get outside. And they'll keep, and, and no one's better at it than Belichick. I was going to say that. that is, so you're so whatever worked for you against Washington, it ain't going to work against New England just yeah. because he's not going to let it. That's a good point. So, But we'll see. And, and that's not to disparage Ellinger at all. A couple of people wrote that you know he showed that he can be the franchise quarterback. Yeah. Based on what? Yeah. If you want to take that stance, then I, I'll, I'll put Ellinger's first start numbers up against Tom Brady's first numbers, and Ellinger's were better. Tom Brady was along for the ride when they beat the Colts back in 2001, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But I think what, what Sam showed us is, is the game's not too big for him. He belongs in the NFL. But to say you know he belongs is what? We don't. One game do- proves nothing. I, I think it was, a, it was a great point that somebody made, again, in the media room, as we're, again, so, so focused on the game this week, we're, we're looking more about the future, and maybe even with Sam Ellinger's future, whether it's with the Colts or elsewhere in the NFL. But w- with that start, he might have earned himself 10 years of, of NFL game checks. It's not bad to be a backup quarterback. No, it's great. You're Chase Daniel. Right. You're fantastic. Right. You love life. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think... I think that that you're right in the, in the sense that it it did not look too big for him. Maybe 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 he will be the long term answer. You don't know, but to say you know something after one game, all you know after one game is that he belongs, and he can play at this league. And to say you knew that before the game, you're you're wrong, based on the preseason. So, but I think at the very very worst, he's a quality backup that can come in and and win you a couple games if your starter's out. Maybe he's more, but we won't know until the end of the season, if then. I'd almost say that this game is going to tell you more about Ellinger than the last game because second game, like you said, they have film on him now in New England. Bill Belichick, you know he's going to throw stuff at him that he hasn't seen before. On the flip side, it's his second game now. He knows what it's like to start in the NFL Um, It's his second week as the known starter. Hopefully he's becoming more comfortable with it. He's thrown to Pittman and Pierce in an actual NFL game now, second week throwing to the guys just in practice. I mean, uh, what was it, Pittman, who said before the start last week, he's like, I don't think I've caught a ball from Sam since training camp. He had one one completion in in the first preseason game, uh, first preseason season. Yeah. So So it's going to be interesting to see whether it's, okay, Belichick's got film on him now and it kind of comes crashing down or if Sam's able to kind of build on what he did because although he did have the fumble he didn't really he didn't have the interception and he didn't put the ball in harm's way through the air too often there was a one pass that I think got deflected and it, there was a chance that it could have been picked it was not um, I thought for the most part other than the fumble which I know is a is a big thing but he didn't look like he was just throwing balls that were in danger left and right They didn't lose there. the game because of him Exactly so I think it's going to be very interesting to see which way it goes on Sunday with Ellinger. So stop turning the ball over, finish drives with touchdown. Finally, uh, on the other side of the ball, Joe, what's about your key for the defense there? You want to stop the run and make Mac Jones beat you. Mac Jones has thrown seven interceptions this year, just three touchdown passes. Um, You don't want to let the – the Patriots want to just run the ball all game. I think – what was it last year against Buffalo? Mac Jones threw like a handful of passes. Forty some runs, or it was, yeah, it was like it was like five or seven. It was some. I think it was less yeah. than ten. Yeah, it, it, and if they could win that way, I think they would every game the, uh, between the Colts of Buffalo last year. Exactly. Yep. Uh, between Stevenson, who's playing really well, he's taken over that backfield from Damian Harris. But Damian Harris is no scrub in his own right, and if he's able to recover from this illness in time, he's a tackle breaker. He's a guy who. It usually takes a couple people to get him to the ground. So stop the run, make Mac Jones beat you. And I'll just kind of add this in there too. You don't want to find yourself down multiple scores early and having to pass the ball time after time against this Bill Belichick defense. So by stopping the run, I think what you're also doing is stopping what the Patriots do best, which means less points are going to be scored by New England, and you're not asking Ellinger to – uh, orchestrate a comeback. You can kind of play it more like that Denver game. The lower scoring, the better um, for the Indianapolis Colts in this one. So you don't want, you don't want to be trailing at halftime for an 11th straight game. Is that what you're saying? That's if, less than ideal. It, it is, and if and if you are trailing, make it three seven something manageable where you can still instead of run seventeen the ball. to three. Exactly, you can still run your ball, run the offense, um, and, and do the things you want to do without having to alter your game plan. The story of Hancock Health is all about you and everything you need to live your healthiest life. 
like Hancock Regional, one of the nation's safest hospitals, and an independent health network with over 70 doctors at more than 30 locations around East Central Indiana. We're growing and evolving to help further your story. And we're just getting started. See all the ways Hancock Health and you can work together to make health possible at HancockHealth.org. The Colts and Patriots kick off at 1 o'clock, broadcast locally in central Indiana on CBS4. FanDuel has the Colts underdogs, four-and-a-half-point underdogs. How dare they? Sakes alive. To the New England Patriots. and Came the down over from five-and-a-half yesterday. It was five-and-a-half yesterday? A lot of people on Colts. I would be, too, probably, with, with the number. That, that's, that's a solid number. It really is. Um, and will, will your prediction reflect that? We'll, we'll see about that, won't we? Uh, the... Uh, <laughs> But last week, I, I, I like last week was the first one that I, I didn't picked the know. score last week you, in, in, in my you, column. You did. It was 17-16. You picked the Colts winning, though, well, didn't you? Yeah, 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 but, yeah, but, oh, no, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you credit for that. Hey, if I'm going to take credit for the uh, the, the for week one, <laughs> saying 21-20 when the final was 20-20, to then I'll give you credit for that. I got to go both ways. I'll give credit and take it. But, no, last week was the first game when I didn't really feel like I knew what was going to happen on this season. I felt like I really had a good idea of who this Colts team was. And I, I'll, I'll throw the Chiefs game out as just something that, that surprised me for sure. But. In a given Sunday. That's all, that, that's all that game is. Exactly. Now I'm at a point with Ellinger, a quarterback, that I really don't know exactly what they are yet. There, there's, um, I, and I, I, I thought that they could kind I of hate rally the unknown the in the NFL. I hate the unknown. Yeah. And, and that's what it is right now. Yep. It's like, it's front, like, it's some, it's some ports, it's exciting for fans. You know, they're like, hey, yeah. what's going to happen with Ellinger? I'd rather Ellinger? have this than. Yeah, the I'd rather dome have this than what we knew. Be bad. Well, and and, and what, if, they, if they thought what I knew, it would Thought what I Pey- thought. Those Peyton years, you just got numbed to the fact that they were going to win. They were going to go thirteen and three. Now you simply don't know. Exactly, it, it's tough. But the over under, sorry to get back to that, is is forty. So you're looking at like a a uh, like a twenty two to eighteen ball game somewhere around there is what they're uh, what the FanDuel would be predicting. But um, I'll, I'll go first. Joe, you can go next, and Chap, you can wrap us up with with your thoughts on this this weekend's game. I think it's going to be tough on the road. I think the Patriots, especially if um, if Dennis Kelly is hurt can really have a field day uh, attacking Ellinger. Uh, if the, the over-under is 40, and apparently it was 39 and a half before, uh, bef- like an, an hour ago, and then, Joe, we, we came to this podcast and it was at 40, so we had to change that. Uh, the number's going up. I'm surprised the number's going up. I, I would definitely go under with that number. There's nothing that gives me the the idea that... Yeah, the Colts, you know, I'd say they've been in, in, in an over game this year, and they would have with Jacksonville. Yeah. Aren't the other seven unders? I believe yeah. so, yes. I think all of them. So... So why, why, why go away from, from what's been happening all season? I'd take the under. I would definitely take the Patriots. I, I think 17-14. I, 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 four and a half just seems like a big number to me for, for a Patriots team that isn't all that uh, offensively impressive. But like I said, if, if it's a rough day for the Colts offense, which very much it can be with Bill Belichick facing a, a rookie, well, not a rookie, but a guy making his second start in the NFL, uh, I, I wouldn't. Wouldn't be surprised if, if that if that four and a half number hits, but I'll take I'll take the Patriots seventeen fourteen and the Colts will come back to Indianapolis trying to figure things out yet again. I, I got to take the Patriots in this one as well. In New England is a big deal um, playing in Foxborough. Uh, final score twenty to sixteen. I think the Colts are going to just keep kicking field goals because until they show that they can get in the end zone consistently, that's what I'm going to expect. Chap. I've got it circled, 20 to 16 New England. Oh, there it is. Joe stole my thunder. <laughs> I expect an average day from the Colts offense, which is 16. I, I, too bad you can't get to point one and then find a way to do that. Right. I think I was looking, and the Colts are, I believe, 5-24 and 24 in Foxborough since they moved to Indy. So, And the only quarterback that's beaten them more than once is Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah, it's just... I think the defense plays well. The defense played pretty well last week until they needed to. And until then they that didn't. last drive and Terry McLaurin goes and makes makes a miracle catch. Indianapolis' own Terry what McLaurin. Great catch. This is my, you know what? It, it, it was a it was good. Re, it was a good recovery by Stephon Gilmore, but he but he lost contact. I, I think yes, he lost contact in that scenario. Like I think I understand. This is completely. Like, out of left field a little bit, I guess, as we're closing. But I, I understand what he's doing there, and I think you might even be coached to do something like he's doing because you have a blitz on, like you're, get, you're getting toward the quarterback, and the blitz just didn't get home. And, and so you're, you're supposed to jump shorter routes. You're supposed to stay short or closer to the line of scrimmage because that's when the ball's supposed to be out. It's supposed to be out by then. Not 10 seconds. Exactly, but the 
And Gilmore said that in the locker room post game. He's just you know, he he admits like, I got to stay with the wide receiver uh, no matter how long the the scramble drill is for. And, and he's right on that. But he's also right in the sense that you've you got to play what what the uh, defense is supposed to do. It's supposed to get to the quarterback. It's supposed to make it a quicker throw to get out. So I don't I, I don't want to sound like I'm explaining away uh, Gilmore because you still on that play he's got to get go up and get that pass away from from Terry McLaurin. But I think it just gives a little bit more background as to what's going on in that but i think the defense will play well enough against uh, again a very mediocre patriots offense and, and if not then heaven help them the rest of, the rest of the year if they can't depend on the defense to keep it winnable this could get real ugly real fast i want to ask you the guys this question before we wrap up here there's been a lot of negativity on this podcast and for good reason but if the colts win on sunday it will be because blank happens because they don't turn the ball over and they can run the ball reasonably well. Yeah, because they take care of the football. And uh, that, I think that's the most important thing, even more so than getting takeaways. If it's 0-0 at the end of the game, sure. to, to takeovers, I think the Colts have if a chance. If it's 0-0 last week, they win. Because I, I think the Colts have some more playmakers on offense, even even without Jonathan Taylor, that, than the Patriots do. So I think that they have some, some ability there to to make something happen uh, if that's if that's level on, on, on the takeaway fashion. I don't trust that they'll do it. Nope, yeah, me, me my either. answer is that... Big plays on defense or special teams. And uh, came just short of saying a defensive or special teams touchdown because those are just so hard to count on. But the defense has played so well, we haven't quite seen the big plays in terms of takeaways and turnovers yet. The Patriots have done it so much. I wouldn't be completely shocked if the Colts got some kind of a pick six, scooped a fumble for a touchdown. And in a game like this, we're all predicting pretty close games. That could completely swing it. Uh, again, I think it's so it, – and you, you mentioned we, – we mentioned it. Is is don't let the game get away from you early. Keep keep it winnable. Keep keep it tight. And because the worst thing is is when a struggling team that doesn't know who it is goes on the road, and the game starts to get away from it, then it's hard to stop. You know the avalanche from happening. So keep it tight. Get into the second half, fourth quarter, and just don't beat yourself for crying out loud. And while we're in predictions, Shaq's going to punch one out this week. There you go. Punch one out. What? Uh, punch a uh, football, football out. Football. Fumble. Shaquille Leonard will punch a football out. So, so he'll actually have to, have to do something to create a turnover? <laughs> yes. I like the yes. ball just falling to him out of the air. <laughs> we'll give him something to complain about. Uh, he, uh, he doesn't need to to, to have anything to, to fix. He'll, he'll find something anyway is what I'm trying just, to just say. Pl- just play well. And if you get beat, you get beat. But just play well. And, and don't sit up there at the, at, the, at the podium and say, you know, critical mistakes and self-inflicted and jumping offside – Let's just stop that, would you? Just see what you can be. Colts Patriots, 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon, broadcast in Central Indiana on CBS4. Join us Sunday morning for the Colts Blue Zone pregame show there at 11.30 a.m. We appreciate you listening here. For Joe Hopkins and Mike Chappell, I'm Dave Griffiths. Follow us all on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone to keep up with news and notes throughout the week, including injury updates. Mike is at mchappell51. Joe is at Roto Street. Joe, I'm at Dave G underscore sports. We will see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. <laughs>